Here we will be continuing our look into the Rails 3.1 beta release, specifically this great new feature, HTTP streaming. Now this was covered pretty well in the Rails weblog, uh, which I recommend you check out. Uh, I'll post a link in the show notes. But what does it really look like in action, and how can we set it up in the beta release? Let me show you. Now for this, I'll be using the project which was generated in the previous episode, and I just have some basic controller scaffolding here. And what I want to do is enable some streaming for this project's controller. Now you could do this a couple of ways, because streaming isn't enabled by default, so you have to enable it manually in the controller. Now one way you can do this is using a render call and just pass the stream option, say true. That'll enable streaming. Another way is you can just pass, uh, call the stream class method in the controller, and that'll enable streaming for all the actions. Pretty convenient. Now to try this out, you also need to run Rails on a web server which also supports streaming. And the default web server in Rails 3 is Webbrick, which doesn't support streaming. So we need to switch to something such as Unicorn, which does. If you check out the gem file, you can see that Unicorn is mentioned in here. You can just uncomment this and then run the bundle command to install Unicorn. Now even with Unicorn, you'll still need to do some configuration in order to see the full effects of streaming. Rails has some internal documentation on streaming, a lot of good information here, and near the end, it talks about uh, the web server support and how you can configure Unicorn to handle streaming. So you'll need to put this in a configuration file and then call config file and link to it uh, in the command line. So to do this, I'll just echo that configuration line into a file. Um, I'll put it under config and call it unicorn.development.rb. And then we can start up unicorn by calling the unicorn rails command and passing in that config file that we just generated here. The same path. Now you might need to prefix this uh, with uh, bundle execute if you have trouble running it and make sure you ran the bundle command after you uh, put it in your gem file as well. So we'll just run this and it starts up Unicorn. And then we can try visiting it to make sure it's working localhost port 3000 and there's our Rails app. But how do we actually see the effects of streaming? Well, we'll need to simulate some processing in the view layer. So here I am in the index template, which is the page we're rendering. And if I add a sleep call here, say sleep for five seconds, it'll be like we're processing this view for five seconds. And then we can run the curl command to see what's being returned by the server. So I'll just do curl on localhost port 3000 and include the headers. And you can see this is a response that's returned and notice it returned the head information instantly. And then after five seconds, it did the rest of the processing and returned the rest of the page. Now, normally without streaming, this would wait five seconds to return the entire page, including the head content here. So basically this allows the web browser to start processing the head information, such as gathering the CSS and JavaScript files and pulling those while the rest of the page is processing the rest of the Rails request. And notice that the encoding type is uh, chunked and that we don't really have a content length here because it's unknown, um, because it's a streaming page. So in the case of the web browser, if we go to our Rails application, it still takes five seconds to display something, but in the background, it's going to uh, fetch the JavaScript and CSS files while it's processing, while the Rails app is doing the rest of the processing. So that's the main advantage in these usual scenarios uh, of streaming. Now, if you're doing streaming, you want to move as much of the processing as you can into the view layer so that it can start streaming as soon as possible. 
And notice in this index action, we're doing project.all. And what if this all query takes half a second to process? Well, that's half a second before it can start streaming the head content to the browser. So what we should do is call something like scoped or something that's lazy loading on here so that it actually does the processing in the view layer when it calls each on the projects. So that way, um, the processing happens in the view layer. So if this takes half a second to run, it'll happen after the head content has been rendered out. Now, there are also a few gotchas to be aware of if you're doing streaming. One is that the way the layout and template rendering happens uh, is reversed. So normally, in a uh, Rails request, this index action template would be rendered first, and then the layout would be rendered. But in a streaming request, we need to render out the layout content as soon as possible because the layout is what contains the head information normally. So it's not actually going to render out this index template until it reaches the yield call in the layout. So this means if you're trying to do something like setting instance variables in the template, you won't be able to access them in the layout because it hasn't been rendered yet. For example, let's say I'm setting a title here and then I want to access this title inside the head of my layout. And then you can see if we try running our curl command again, that the title tag is empty because uh, the layout is running before the template so the instance variable never gets set. This isn't the case for non-streaming Rails requests because it renders the template first. Now you're probably thinking to yourself, what about content for? Isn't that normally what you're supposed to use to pass information to the layout? Well, let's give it a try. Content for title, pass the title value in, and then in the layout, we want to yield to that title content. There we go. But now when we run our curl command again, you can see it's stopping at the opening head tag. It's not even getting to the title. So the content for call won't work for us here either. And that's because of how content for works. If you have multiple content for calls for the same item, what Rails will do is concatenate them all together. So it doesn't know that at the top here, we're all done with the content for title and that there's no other content for title calls later on after the processing. So what Rails 3.1 provides is another method called provide, which behaves exactly like content for, except it stops right there and doesn't expect that item uh, to have any other content. It's not going to concatenate other content provide calls together. And when we run the curl command, you can see it now works as expected. We get our title in there and our whole head content back immediately. Now, another gotcha to be aware of when dealing with streaming is when exceptions are raised. For example, let's simulate an exception here uh, by calling a method which doesn't exist. And then if we run the curl command again, uh, you can see we get some interesting output here. You can see when it raised the exception that it's actually just telling the browser uh, has a script down here saying go to the 500 page. And we can see that in action by reloading this page here and you can see it redirects the browser directly to the 500 page here. So, so that means we don't get any fancy output when an exception is raised in development. You have to look inside the development log. Another thing to be aware of is that setting the session and cookie information inside the template or anytime after the template starts rendering won't work if you're doing streaming. So if we try setting the session here, that just won't work here because we've already sent the header information to the browser. So there's no way we can add header information to our response. So cookies, the same thing goes there and uh, flash messages work the same way as well since they use the session. 
So just be aware of that. Make sure to do any cookie and session setting inside the controller action before the template gets rendered. Also, this streaming feature uses Ruby fibers. So you'll want to make sure to use Ruby version 1.9 in order to uh, get streaming working. And also streaming uh, doesn't work with some middleware. If middleware is modifying the response returned uh, from the request, then it won't really work with streaming. So just be aware of those few gotchas when you're dealing with streaming. So now you can probably understand why streaming is not enabled by default. There are a number of gotchas to be aware of if you're doing streaming. So I really only recommend doing it on key pages that you want to squeeze out as much performance as you can get. Uh, I wouldn't go enabling streaming everywhere. Uh, you'll just get into a mess that way. Still, even with all these gotchas, I'm really excited about this streaming feature because it'll make the overall end user experience, it'll make the site seem a lot faster, especially if it's JavaScript heavy because the sooner you can start loading and compiling that JavaScript code, the better and faster the site will seem. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, see you next one.